Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help with home, life, auto, or business needs. Phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Walk-ins are always welcome at 480 East Northfield Drive, Suite 300 in Brownsburg. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on WYRZ. Nicole Kendall for Central Indiana Today on WYRZ. This is part two of the Villages Foster Care Adoption and Family Services here in Indianapolis. And I have the pleasure to be speaking with Sandy Runkle. She's the Director of Programs for Prevent Child Abuse Indiana, an important division of the Villages. Hi, Sandy. Thanks for being here with me today. Thanks for asking us. Well, I understand you obviously uh, prevent child abuse in Indiana. That's your title. That's what you're all about. But I want to make certain up front, we tell everyone, this is not the contact to turn in abuse and neglect calls. Is that right? Uh, That's right. And that's a a really important distinction, uh, not just because of the obvious of, you know, we're just uh, a part of doing uh, prevention and training and things like that, but by calling us or reporting to us, you're wasting valuable time. Sure. There Uh, could be a bad situation. You don't want them to call here first. Who do you want them to call instead? The Department of Child Services, which is 1-800-800-5556, or local law enforcement if, you know, it's a situation where uh, you need immediate um, assistance. Okay. We wanted to get that out of the, uh, right out there in the open right away. So people know that if you do have a situation, you know of someone that could be in a potential uh, abusive or neglective situation, you want them to contact the Indiana Department of Child Services. Okay. So Sandy, what is your mission with Prevent Child Abuse Indiana? We are... uh, an entity that works on preventing child maltreatment before it ever has an opportunity to to occur. And not just prevent child maltreatment, but also uh, focus on other, you know, child safety issues like safe to sleep, uh, drowning prevention, uh, anything that has to do with keeping children safe, regardless of whether it entails maltreatment. Now, tell me a little bit about your programs and how you get the word out about preventing child abuse. Uh, We do that several ways. Um, We have several uh, prevention education trainings that we provide around uh, preventing uh, child sexual abuse. Um, We have a Child Abuse 101, which, you know, talks about the indicators of maltreatment and what to look for. Uh, We have um, programs around bullying prevention. A lot of times people don't, you know, think of bullying as being a form of child maltreatment, but it is. Um, We have programs around, you know, the impact of violence, uh, particularly domestic violence, uh, you know, on on children and, and how that can be very, very detrimental to, to young ones. Um, we have programs around preventing human trafficking 
And so we just have a, a wide variety of, of trainings around the different forms of maltreatment, but also, again, uh, you know, trainings around just how to keep children safe in general. That's great that you offer that. Now, in my part one of uh, Central Indiana Today of the Villages with Sharon Pierce, she was mentioning the, uh, she was telling me about the bullying program, and you just mentioned it as well. Uh, if you would, please give us a little more information on how that program uh, was established. I know it's a newer program for you, and how does that work with the community? Well, we've been doing you know, pieces off and on for several years, but uh, we're in the middle of a public service campaign around, you know, bullying prevention and getting the word out about uh, that it is a form of abuse um, and really how to prevent it, how to stand up to it, you know, why it's important to, uh, you know, not tolerate it, uh, the damage that can really be done to children, there's still a lot of myths out there around bullying. Um, so, you know, really try to dispel myths, give people tools in terms of prevention, uh, and then give other people tools about how, if they're witnessing it, how to respond to it. Now, I understand you have some programs that you take out into the community. Now, with your bullying program, do you go out to schools and talk about this or organizations? Or how do people find out information about this bullying program? Well, it's listed along with our other training. So if that's something in which someone is interested, an organization or a school, they they contact us. It's it's listed among all of our, our trainings. But it's something you can take out into schools and into organizations to really help spread the word. Is that right? It's not just here in the villages. It's not we're not talking about pamphlets of information per se. You actually go out and talk about this with groups of people. Is that right? Well we all of our trainings we go out and and talk to to groups or schools so uh and you're right we have written materials as well but all of our trainings we go out to organizations or schools so well the reason i wanted to clarify that is you do not charge for a lot of these programs tell us a little bit about how that's possible well it's primarily responsible because we are funded uh by the Kids First Trust Fund, and we are very grateful to them. They've been a huge supporter of ours for a number of years. Um, and for those of you who don't know really what that is, you, you probably do and, and don't even know it if you see the little license plates with the cute little handprints. Uh, and it says, you know, Kids First, but we have uh, been receiving a, a great amount of support from Kids First so that does allow us to you know, do our trainings free of charge. It helps us to, you know, provide, we probably distribute about 150,000 pieces of material every year around the state, either through our website or through, you know, printing them. Uh, it helps us to develop and maintain prevention councils around the state. So yes, we're, we're very fortunate to have them. Well, and it's very nice for an organization or a school who may truly need that information that they don't have to pay out of pocket to have you come out and provide that uh, important resource to them. Absolutely. So I think that's very vital that we mention that today because sometimes people need the help. They don't know where to turn and they certainly think they can't afford extra right. assistance. So to know that that would be at no cost is very important to share today. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Sandy, I know it's important to talk today about how can the listeners who are listening today, how can we all work together to prevent child abuse in Indiana? We get that question a lot. 
uh, because very often people feel like it is such a, a huge task and, you know, how can we break that down into, um, you know, concrete examples. And there are ways in which we can prevent child maltreatment. Um, you know, just for example, uh, sexual abuse prevention. A lot of sexual abuse prevention has to do with educating the public, educating, uh, you know, youth-serving organizations, um, because we want to state first and foremost that protecting children is an adult's responsibility. Absolutely. It is not the child's responsibility. Now we want to work with children, we want to empower them, we want to teach them about their bodies, but in conjunction with that, we must train adults around best practices in terms of preventing sexual abuse. Sexual abuse is very preventable. Uh, a lot of it has to do with dispelling myths, you know, the myth of the stranger danger. Mm-hmm. You know, when a child is sexually abused, it is almost always by somebody that the child knows, about 90% of the time. So doing away with the myth of stranger danger, um, over 80% of sexual abuse occurs in isolated one-on-one situations. So avoid those, you know, have windows and doors, have, you know, a a two-adult rule. Uh, You know, there are ways in which, you know, we can prevent these things from happening, but a lot of it does have to do with educating yourself uh, and, and, again, educating youth serving organizations around, you know, what are best practices. So, you know, there are ways in which we can prevent child maltreatment. I think that's very important. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I also want to touch on, we talked a little bit about bullying earlier in the program, but I want to touch on that again, because you just hear about this so much. It seems, it's obviously always been around, you know, it's nothing new, but it does seem to have been worse in the in the lighter years, you know, the recent times we're in now. Can you tell us a little bit about how a parent can help maybe resolve? You can't prevent bullying if it's someone else coming at you, obviously, but uh, can you give us some tips on, on how parents can help their children cope with bullying? Well, we're going to, I'm going to, you know, scale it back actually. And sure. I, I think we can prevent oh, okay. bullying. Um, Please tell us how. <laughs> I think that we need to start in, and most uh, in the profession who have been working with this uh, agree, we need to start way, way early preschool. You know, if you are teaching little ones about empathy about, uh, you know, understanding the feelings of others, you start really early. In fact, uh, honestly, even in infancy, you know, when you go to your little one, when they're crying, you're, sure. you're bonding, you're attaching, you're um, building trust, you're building empathy, you know, it takes a while, obviously, for a child to develop, you know, a, a lot of empathy, but you, you need to start early then. Absolutely. So you're working right from the start about understanding other people's feelings and uh, working with children around that. Because um, that can be hard for little ones. Oh, you know, it sure they're, can. they're just learning and developing. So it's up to us to help them understand when they may be hurting somebody else's feelings and what that what that might do and, and how we can be nice to each other, how we can tolerate everybody's differences because everybody is different and helping children to understand and, and grow tolerance 
Um, so yeah, I think we can prevent bullying just, you know, starting early and, it, and just keep working at it because again, with little ones, you have to repeat a lot. You have to be consistent. You, you yes. just have to work hard, but it's absolutely worth it. Uh, bullying tends to peak in middle school. So, you know, if you can imagine a hill, you're going up the hill, it's peaking in middle school and then right. tends to go a little bit down in, in high school. And a lot of it has to do with brain development. Um, so, you know, if we're starting at the bottom of the hill, Right? right? That's where you want to start. Absolutely. So no, you're, that's the you're key, working. the prevention in the early years. And I guess my question, of, like myself, I have two children who are not babies anymore. So what would you say to parents who maybe are going into those middle school years? How can you be supportive as a parent when a child is struggling with this? When I say you can't prevent it when someone's doing it to you, I'm you know, of course, at the at birth and at young age, that's what we should all strive to do. But if you're maybe handling this at an older age, what would you recommend to those parents? Definitely be speaking with the school, uh, you know, if if there's an issue so that they can be aware and then they can conduct an investigation around the issue. Um, find out what policies are in place because uh, schools will have some kind of policy in place around what they are doing uh, for prevention, what they're doing in terms of best practices around investigating, um, how they're doing training with their staff. And when we say staff, we mean everybody, everybody, uh, and include parents on that. You know, very often we, it's kind of ironic, but, you know, we forget the parents. You know, we're all busy training our staff and, and ensuring that's important. But research shows, especially with bullying, that if you include parents in or the caregivers uh, with the training and involving them, that it is much more successful in terms of, of programming. So whatever you do, uh, you know, whatever you choose, whatever, you know, uh, program you choose in terms of bullying prevention include parents and caregivers because it will be much more successful that has to start at home right it has to you have to have that uh that backing from your home environment right if you don't want your child to be a bully the parent has to be involved to help prevent that at an when you're an older child as well so i i get where you're coming from there and i appreciate you sharing that with us today thank you and it can you know it's it's not just uh, targets of bulliers that can run into issues too. You know, we find that witnesses of bulliers, that that can be very upsetting to children because they don't know how to how respond. To with that. Yeah, because yeah. they're afraid that they might be the come to the target next, or maybe the bullier is a friend and they don't want to lose that friendship, or, you know, they just don't know how to respond bond uh they are you know feel badly for the target um so we need to be concerned about the target and the witness but we also need to be concerned about the bullier you know what's going on um, why are they doing why this? are they doing yeah. it you know and uh you know and help work with that child because we want the children to learn that's the main thing. We want them to learn. So that it stops. Yeah. Right. And they're yeah. happy. Your children, exactly. if they learn from it and we can help heal whatever's causing this tension, right? Well, yes. Or the behaviors. Yeah. Excellent point, Sandy. Thank you. We'll take a quick break, but I'll be back on the air in just a few moments with the rest of tonight's episode of Central Indiana Today on WYRZ as I'm talking with Sandy Runkle from Prevent Child Abuse, Indiana. Stay tuned.
The new Plainfield UPS is now hiring part-time package handlers for three different shifts, morning, evening, and late night. A weekly retention bonus, pension, benefits, and college tuition reimbursements are available for part-time UPS employees. More information on available positions, online applications, and scheduling an interview can be found at www.upsjobs.com. Now, what types of events do you host throughout the year? We obviously do our, you know, our trainings uh, where we go out to, to organizations. But um, every fall, we hold about four or five regional events around the state. We try to do a couple up north, a couple in the south, uh, one central. And we hold it in conjunction with our uh, prevention councils meeting and retreat. And so in the mornings, we'll, you know, do a little networking with our councils that may be in the region. And then in the afternoon, we'll do like a lunch and learn. And we'll choose a topic uh, with the help of our, our councils. And in fact, this year, it was about the opioid um, epidemic. Sure. And then we invite the whole community to, to this lunch and learn and they can sign up and, and they can come out. And, and so we do that uh, four or five times a year. Then we typically have a, a much bigger event in the spring. Uh, it's kind of a mini conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we will hold it as sort of freestanding. Uh, other times, like this year, we're going to be partnering with other entities. Uh, so you know, it's, it's just, you know, a variety of ways in which we can get, uh, you know, take our show on the road and, and then have the community come out to to the event. We have some fundraisers as well. In fact, we, we have one on, on December 9th, uh, and we typically have one in the summer. It's called Voices for Children. We have this wonderful volunteer who's also a great singer and musician, and she gets all our friends together and, and basically does a benefit concert for us. And, you know, we have silent auction items and do the same thing in, at, around the holiday season. Uh, we have a, uh, a run in April, typically in April, um, where we go out down to the canal and, and race around the canal or walk or whatever you want to do. And uh, it's a very family-friendly event. Um, you know, we have games for the kids, and uh, so it's just a lot of fun. So we'll be doing that in April. So, yeah, watch our website and our, our social media for uh, more information on that. Absolutely. Now, how can people listening today, if they say, I really want to get behind this cause of prevent child abuse in Indiana, how can someone donate or volunteer? Well, first, if you're going to volunteer for us, be serious because we will take you up on it and we will we will use you. Um, and that's the other nice thing about being statewide. We have several, I, I alluded to earlier, prevention councils. And what our prevention councils do is they do prevention efforts on a local level. So prevent child abuse, Johnson County, for instance, or Hendricks County, we have a strong presence there. Um, We have about 47 councils uh, representing, gosh, I think it's going to be over 50 counties because some of the councils kind of double up. Uh, so they do prevention efforts on a local level, and they are very, very important to us because here at PCA, we're a staff of five. Mm-hmm. 
we can't possibly. Oh, you know, sure. You can't be everywhere no. every day. No. Sure. And not only that, but we're sitting here in Indianapolis and we're not going to presume to know what the needs are of Lake County or Understandable. Vanderburgh mm-hmm. County. So they are uh, often just a small group of volunteers, although some of our councils are very large, but for the most part, a small group of volunteers who do prevention efforts on a local level. And, you know, and they decide how they want to do that based on, you know, their own resources. So if we get a call or an email, for instance, from someone, oh, maybe in, you know, Greenwood, and they want to volunteer, we will first connect them with the local council and say, well, here's a way you can get involved locally. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if, you know, see how they want to volunteer and if that's something that that would be, you know, fitting for their schedule. Sure. If they want to uh, be a part of our advisory committee, PCA does have an advisory committee. Uh, And what do they do in that committee? Well, it's... The Villages obviously has a board of directors, and so PCA as a division, we have an advisory committee, and they work and volunteer uh, to sort of be the liaison between the board of the Villages and PCA. Uh, They help at events. They help market events. They help, you know, uh, give advice, you know, on, on certain areas. So it's basically what it is, advisory committee, and then they sure. help us with fundraising and that kind of thing. So it would sound like you would look for individuals of all backgrounds that can bring oh, something yes. to the table. It sounds like there's lots of opportunity there. Well, that's really what we uh, want to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love social services folks, obviously, uh, but we really, really value community individuals, um, business owners. Um, I was just in a meeting this morning about the importance of having barbers and beauticians involved because you have to have your hair cut. You so, yes, you know, you're sure. going to see a, a, a group of people. So how can we get them involved to spread, you know, positive messages? So uh, and that's something we always encourage for our councils too to really try to get uh, community members involved and, uh, you know, you're going to have much more success. We all will if, you know, we, we develop relationships among the community. So absolutely, we, we really encourage individuals who are not in social services absolutely to to volunteer because we need their voice. Absolutely. Well, if you'd like more information on how to be a volunteer, or maybe you are an organization who could truly benefit from the presentations that Sandy had mentioned about uh, preventing child abuse in Indiana, Sandy, share with us some contact information. How can people get in touch with you or maybe your website that they can go on to for more information? Well, our website is www pcain.org and then all of our contact information is is on there emails phone uh, calls uh, phone numbers um, or on Facebook if you just search prevent child abuse Indiana uh, so those are the the big ones our, our phone number is 317-775-6439 so you know absolutely um, so yeah we we respond um, to any and all, uh, visit our website anyway. We have several links on there. Uh, we not only have done 
presentations during our public service, you know, campaigns and such. But we also have several videos that are on uh, our website as well. Extra resources. Extra resources around sexual abuse, um, you know, abusive head trauma, uh, safe to sleep. We just finished one around safe to sleep. So, yeah, we have videos and, and such on there as well. Good to know. Sandy Runkle, the Director of Programs for Prevent Child Abuse Indiana, a division of the Villages. Sandy, thanks so much for being on Central Indiana today. Well, thanks for asking. This has been Central Indiana Today, presented by the Kevin Kersey Agency on WYRZ. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help with home, life, auto, or business needs. Phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Walk-ins are always welcome at 480 East Northfield Drive, Suite 300 in Brownsburg.